Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Christian Mindset Coach. I am your host, Alicia Michelle. We are talking about mental health issues. We always talk about mindset issues specifically on the podcast here, of course, but we're talking about mental health and covering some bigger topics like depression, anxiety. And today I wanted to talk about something that's very practical that we need to do. I use almost every day. And it is this idea of, well, how do I even calm myself down in those moments when I feel like I am just going to lose it? What are some things that we can do to bring calm, to figure out not just deep breathe or, or, or maybe do something that we've heard a thousand times, which are effective, but I have seven specific questions that I walk through just to kind of check myself. And my kids know these are the questions I ask them when they come to me and they're feeling frustrated and they're feeling overwhelmed and they're like, mom, my life is ending, you know, da, 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 da. It's like, we go through these things and we begin to see, all right, let's walk through these things first. And then let's kind of have more ammo to be able to process what we're feeling. So here are seven questions and they kind of are a riff. If you've heard of before the halt thing, they're kind of a riff on that hungry, angry, lonely, tired, but it's to me is a little bit more specific in terms of what to do in those moments. So the first question is, have I eaten something? <laughs> I find that if I do not eat on a regular basis, like you probably, your blood sugar gets low and things just tend to be magnified. I tend to get dizzy. I also tend to get short. And there's actually a lot of biological evidence behind that. Um, Dr. Amen, if you've not heard of him, he's a, a great doctor, professional person to follow in this area with, with mindset and brain health. There's an article that he has written about this topic of blood sugar and our mindset, specifically saying that according to his research, when we have these low blood sugar levels, it's associated with poor impulse control. So he says, if you want better willpower, have frequent smaller meals that each have at least some protein and healthy fat. That to me, when I read that made a huge bunch of difference because I was like, yes, that's exactly what happens. If I have something super high carb and low protein or fat, I find that not only does my sugar spike up and down, I just feel yucky like 30, 40 minutes later. So finding something to eat, checking our blood sugar, starting with that. Have I eaten something? Have I eaten something decent? Maybe is something I would add to that, something nutritious, something that's going to keep my blood sugar at a constant level. Okay. Second question, have I had enough water? This is again, a, a concept of, of keeping ourselves hydrated is it's so important for so many reasons for our body function, but for mindset, it's also important. I know a long time ago, I was in a, a writer's group and the coach in the group was talking about how when we're writing or when we're working on these, these deep kind of brain sucking sort of topics, it's so important that we have a huge thing of water right next to us. And again, you kind of know that intuitively, but there's tons of science behind that. In fact, there was this great article from Healthline talks in, talking about that link between dehydration and anxiety, and even some studies that they had shown in there between dehydration and depression. So I will link to that as well. So you can check that out. But 
it says here, I'm just going to read some of these studies. Uh, in one 2018 study of over 3,000 adults, those who drank more water had a lower risk of anxiety and depression than those who drank less water. And also another study in 2014, researchers explored how increasing or decreasing water intake affected mood in people with different water drinking habits. They found that people who usually drink lots of water feel, felt less calm, less content, and more intense than when their water intake dropped. When researchers increased the water, the participants' water intake, people in the study felt more happiness, no matter how much water they normally drank. So the increase in water overall increased the levels of happiness and the levels of calm. So that's an important thing to start. So have I eaten something and have I had something to drink? Have I had some water to drink? Third question, have I moved my body recently? We all know about the benefits of exercise. We know we're supposed to be doing something at least every day to get our bodies moving. And I don't know about you, but if you have not, if you don't work out on a regular basis and you start working out, what is that change that you sense in yourself in terms of your mental health, your ability to think through things, your ability to stay calm? I notice a massive difference, massive. I talk about all the time with my kids, like mommy needs her mental health walk right now. Like I just need to go and move some energy out of my body. I need to be able to get a good sweat on. And there's all kinds of evidence, scientific evidence behind that as well. I'm going to just list a couple of things here. There's a great article that I'm going to reference in the show notes from the Mayo Clinic. Doing 30 minutes or more of exercise a day for three to five days a week may significantly improve depression or anxiety symptoms. But similar amounts of physical activity, as little as 10 to 15 minutes at a time, may make a difference as well. So they're saying how it helps. Here's some just some basic things. Again, this is one article. There's tons of info on there, but I wanted you to have a reference you can find. Some things that they referenced here was that it releases these feel-good endorphins, which are these natural cannabis-like brain chemicals, these endogenous cannabinoids, they say, and other natural brain chemicals that can enhance your sense of well-being. So there's literally a chemical change in our brains when we work out. There's literally something that's happening different and how the neurons can speak to each other, which is just incredible to me. Taking It takes our mind off worries. It helps us to have confidence in meaning that we can set a goal. And we're like, hey, if I can do that, then I can I can do this other thing in my life. Uh, we get more social interaction, just getting out of the house, getting out to meet other people if we're doing something in a group. And I, if I could add something here too, I would say it just helps us move the energy out of us. A lot of times we feel so bogged down by a mental problem, just like, how am I going to solve this? Or, oh, it's so I'm so mad about something this person said. And as I've said in the past in other episodes about having that moment when we feel anxiety or we're just usually... Th- with, with the anger question, a lot of times it is that we need to move and we need to get out and to just let that energy come out of us. But when it's anxiety, sometimes there's that question of, well, do I need to go inward and, and comfort the anxiety? Is it, is it what I'm needing now is comfort or do I need to go out and expend the energy? So just exercise in itself. Sometimes we just need to pound some steps. Sometimes we just need to pump some iron. Sometimes we just need to get it out of us and exercise can help us do that. So I love exercise. It's even if it's like I said, something small. Uh, I try to to mix it up. It's but it's it's become a non-negotiable in my life. It's something that I have to do, even if it's just a a a quick walk around the block or 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 something. I I have to do it because I notice a big difference in me when I don't. All right. So fourth question: Am I getting enough sleep, or have I gotten enough sleep recently? Just checking in with yourself to say, how's my sleep habits been? Have I been sleeping well? We can have one night that can completely wreck our mood the next day, but what has it been like 
for the last week or two, your sleep habits? Have you been staying up really late? Have there been some really big things that have been on your mind and you haven't been able to sleep? Have you been waking up early? Maybe you had to do some travel and you changed time zones and now you're all off. I mean, a thousand different reasons why we can't sleep. There's a really interesting little graphic that I found when researching this from, uh, it's a site called mind.org.uk. And it talks about this cyclical pattern that happens where we feel these feelings of worry and stress, and then that causes a lack of sleep. And then that lack of sleep causes us to feel tired. And then because we're tired, we have difficulty coping with daily life. And because we have difficulty coping with daily life, we have a lower self-esteem, which causes us to have worry or stress, which causes us to have a lack of sleep. So you see this whole cycle going around and around. It's like, oh my gosh, it just feeds into itself all the time. And man, we need sleep, especially parents, of course, adults, we need sleep, but so do teens, so do kids. This is one of the first questions I check in with my teens about is how you've been sleeping. How's that going? You know, what do we need to do to help you with sleep in that area? And if you are in a season where sleep has been really hard, something that I literally have done since I was in college, which was uh, almost 30 years ago, gosh, now 25, 30 years ago, is I take a nap. And you're like, oh, yeah, that must be nice, Alicia, take a nap in the middle of the day. No, even during those years when I had young kids, I, if I was feeling that just absolute exhaustion or I noticed my mood was starting to go south, I would make myself lay down. Now, I have a rule and it's really, it's been really interesting. I had learned this years ago, but I've been able just to see it reinforced through scientific studies since then. I have a rule with myself that I don't sleep more than 25 minutes or if I have time, an hour and 25 minutes, an hour and a half. And I had read a long time ago, and I'm going to give you a link to an article that talks about this too, that when we sleep more than either 25 minutes or we sleep longer than 90 minutes, an hour and a half, our brain goes into a deeper state of sleep. And that when we wake up in the middle of that state of sleep, we're actually more tired than if we had not taken a nap at all. So keep it to 20 25 minutes. I always do 20. It's 20 minutes is kind of my magic number, but I give myself 25 so that I can get to sleep. It gives me a few minutes to kind of wind down and get into sleep and then, or the hour and a half. But I have to say most of the time I'm not able to do an hour and a half, 20, 25 minutes, but boom, it is like night and day difference between my ability to be able to face what's in front of me or to freak out what's about what's in front of me. So the benefit of naps, just real quick, this is from an article in psychology today. Again, going to have it in the show notes. Uh, some of the great things that napping can do for us, it increases our alertness, it improves our concentration and accuracy, helps us make better decisions, it enhances memory and learning, elevates our mood, boosts our creativity, reduces stress, uh, improves physical performance, and even preserves our physical appearance. So um, those are obviously great things. So that can be something, just being able to track with our body and ourselves to notice these things about what is it that I really need or how are things off in myself that uh, might be attributing to the issue. Again, it doesn't mean that if we have all these things flowing, we can answer all these questions with why, yes, I have had enough water today. That doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. It just means that we're, if we can monitor these things, that when the light, when life's waves come at us, we're, we kind of know, okay, well, let me, yes, I have to work through this problem, but let me grab some water. Let me make sure I've eaten today. Let me see if I can take a nap later today or this week, or at some point, maybe I need to get an extra hour of sleep and figure out how I'm going to do that. Like we can just start to see how we can help ourselves process the big things that are inevitably going to happen to us in life. Do anxious thoughts and what ifs consume your mind and steal your peace? 
God tells us to be anxious for nothing, but you wonder, how does that happen? What if you had a custom plan for managing your anxiety, one that was designed for your anxiety triggers with specific scientifically proven action steps based on brain science to manage worry both in the moment and for the long term? I want to help you create your custom plan for managing anxious thoughts with the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, the four-week anxiety Bible study, mindset training, and resources that equip Christian women with a step-by-step plan to use brain science and the Bible together to welcome God's healing power over worry and fear. Listen, I struggled with anxiety most of my life, even as a Christian. I finally found lasting peace and victory over anxiety when I created a plan to manage my anxiety that used proven tools to get God's truth into my thoughts. I want to help you create your plan to manage anxiety and discover more calm. Go to calmyouranxietytoolkit.com to learn more and to get started. Again, that's calmyouranxietytoolkit.com. Okay, so those are the first four questions. Again, I'm going to review them quickly, but number one, have I eaten something? Number two, have I had enough water? Number three, have I moved my body recently? Number four, am I getting enough sleep? So let's move on to five, six, and seven. And these are a little bit of a different perspective, and they may need to be done kind of introspectively than maybe in the moment, but they're important to consider when we feel like we're going to lose it, okay? So number five, do I have hard things or frustrating things inside of me that need to be processed? Is there something that's been this ongoing heaviness that we need to deal with? This happened to me the other day. I have felt these issues around some stuff my kids are walking through. And I just like, oh, I just could not get on top of it. No matter how many times I prayed about it, you know, just like quick prayers in the morning, or I'd run out and then do something else. And then it was just kind of like this lingering feeling in me. And I just absolutely had to, I had to just take time with God. I just had to reserve a few hours on a Saturday to be like, look, Jesus, help me figure out what is going on and why I can't let go of this and what I'm struggling with about this. And that made all of the difference in the world. So when we feel these moments of like what this huge frustration, we ask ourselves, do I have hard things or frustrating things inside of me that need to be processed? It's what this what I think of as like this check engine light sign. So sometimes God will use those as a sign to say, hey, yeah, you're angry and frustrated, but I don't want you just to get stuck in that. There might be a deeper issue that we need to work through here. And the longer we let those issues fester, the more they can become bigger issues. So it could be a sign, a welcome sign, not something that it's like, oh, you're wrong, you're bad, you need to deal with this. It's like, no, God's like, hey, just like if you were to have an achy foot or or your knee started hurting, you wouldn't be mad at your knee or your foot for hurting. You would be like, oh, my knee hurts. Like, why is my knee hurt? So just it's a sign to investigate that something might be going on. So also as part of this, this frustrating thing inside of us, in terms of the idea of anger, overwhelm, and exhaustion. I'm angry, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm exhausted. Those are words we use all the time. One way to be able to kind of move through those words, because it's really easy to just kind of big this big, broad label on those words and leave them there. Well, I'm just overwhelmed. Well, what do we do with just feeling overwhelmed? You're overwhelmed by the idea of being overwhelmed. We can start to tackle it by asking, how can I get relief around the overwhelm? And Relief in the way of what do I need in order to feel better? And it kind of goes back to some of those things we were just talking about in the other questions. So I think of it as parts of self, physical self. Do you need a physical break from the situation? Do you need to comfort yourself? Do you need to go inward? Do you need to process? Do you need to sleep? Do you need water? Do you need food? What do you physically need? Do you need to go work it out? You know, what do you need? Emotional self. Do you need to cry? Do you need to pray? Do you need to talk about it to a friend? Do you need to be by yourself? 
Do you need to be comforted by a certain concept or truth in God's word? Like, what do you need emotionally? Is something emotionally going to help you now? Because again, as we're looking at these things, it's like, we can say, well, I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Well, we can say, go take a nap. Well, maybe if I'm tired, I'm going to take a nap and that's going to help me and and work through some stuff. But if my biggest need is no, I need to go process this before God, then that's, what's really going to help me. Right. So that's why we can ask ourselves these deeper questions to figure out, well, what is it that I really need? Okay. The last part of self here we're going to talk about is a spiritual self. So again, feeling overwhelmed, feeling exhausted. How can God bring relief to what I'm feeling? How can he offer truth and wisdom? What conviction might he be giving me? What are some next steps? What might he be reminding me is out of my control and that I need to release? These are questions we can just kind of sort through like a grid when we feel like, okay, yeah, there's some things that I'm feeling overwhelmed about to help me. Do I just, do I just need to go spend time with Jesus? Or do I need a nap? Or do I need a day to go take care of myself and have a break? These are the kind of things that can help. All right. Six, what lies might I be telling myself about what I'm experiencing? Ooh, there are all kinds of filters that we put on situations. Filters that have been from past experience, filters from um, maybe just how we tend to kind of process things. I tend to be more on that anxious side of things. So I tend to jump to immediately all the what ifs and 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 what about that? And 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 so I tend to jump to that. Some of us tend to go to that black or white thinking, like, well, it's either going to be this or it's going to be this. <laughs> and so asking ourselves in that moment, what lies might I be telling myself about how this is happening? What is going on? What are some filters that I may be putting on this? And that might, again, not be able to be answered in the moment, but it's something to help us figure out when we feel like we're going to lose it. Like, am I just stuck in rumination about this? Is that why I feel like I'm going to lose it? Is it because this is... is I've just decided that this is never going to change. And that's why I'm so frustrated that I'm we're still dealing with this issue. Is that what's going on here? So just taking a second and seeing what could be underneath this and what would God say about that? What is God's perspective on this? Might have to do that and take some time in a journal or by yourself alone with the Lord, but at least you can, sometimes in the moment, it's pretty obvious, right? Isn't it? Where you can look at it and go, okay, here I am catastrophizing again. <laughs> Hello. So yeah, take a second to think through that. And then the last question, how can I use ADD to help me process? ADD is something that we've talked about on the podcast before, but I want to walk you through it again. This is a three-step method that I teach women about how to navigate their emotions in the moment and even kind of to figure out how to how to respond in a way that's godly, that honors the emotion itself, but also honors the biblical truth that he wants us to always follow. So We don't want our emotions to run our lives, but we do need our emotions to be able to help us express what we're feeling. That's what they were designed to do. And emotions and truth can work together in harmony. We don't have to have one or the other. Emotions always, always come under the authority of God's truth, but we can still hold the emotion and obey God in truth. And ADD is a great tool to do that. So what does ADD stand for? It stands for acknowledge, A is acknowledge. The first D is discern, so discerning what's true and what's not true. And to the second D is decide. So we can walk through that first. Acknowledge. What can I acknowledge about what's going on right now? Why does it make sense I'm feeling like this? Why is it reasonable that I'm upset? So it's, you can start a sentence like, it makes sense that I'm upset because blah, 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 blah. Because this is the 15,000th time I've dealt with this with my kid. Because I thought my husband was going to take care of this and he didn't. 
because my job, this guy at my job won't get the clue that he needs to do his part in this project, whatever it is. You know, what is the thing that makes sense why you're upset? What is that reason? And what is, and try to define what that emotion is. The God of compassion, he is with us in those moments to say, yeah, I've been there. I know what it feels like to have those big emotions. Let me sit with you and help you sort through them. Okay. The second step is to discern. And this is where we say, okay, well, what is true? What is true about the situation? Just kind of truth in general. And then what does God's word say about how he wants me to handle this, how he wants me to respond? Um, what is wise in this situation? What has he told me about in the past about this situation as, as how I need to work through it? What is the wisdom of God here and, and that I need to be able to learn and to be able to understand? So taking those two things, the, the, the emotion of the moment, why it makes sense, and the wisdom of the truth, we now move into decide. Okay, so you've, you've heard both of these things. Now there's that moment of, God, show me what you want me to do with this. This is where we call on God for courage. We call on God to say, help me to be able to walk out what you're calling me to. Help me to, to, to do whatever that is. Even if in the moment I don't have the right answer to, you know, to, to the answer to every problem, like it's not all magically filled with a, with a, with a little bow at the end, at least help me to know where I'm supposed to emotionally dwell. What am I supposed to let go of? What am, where am I supposed to pick up and embrace as a way to comfort me and help me? Where, where am I supposed to emotionally dwell? So that first step, acknowledge, helps us with the compassion. The compassion of God helps us through that. Uh, discern is where we see the clarity of God's word helping us. And then to decide is that step where we're like, we get the courage from God to do what he's calling us to do. So ADD is a very powerful tool. Again, would love for you to, to check it out. Try it. This is what I teach my clients. I would love to hear how it works for you in the moment. Um, but yeah, give it a try. And uh, you can talk to me on Instagram. It's at Alicia Michelle Coach. I would love to hear how you used ADD in your life or any of these other questions kind of in the moment. How did they turn up for you? And and how did it help you kind of go, ah, yeah, I can see why I'm really grouchy today because I didn't get enough water. And then another aspect, which we didn't talk about in these questions, but is always true for us as women is where am I in my cycle? You know, when we start our period or when we're going through perimenopause or we're pregnant or we're nursing a baby, like our hormones are all over the place. And it's normal for that to be a factor. Um, I know there are certain things that happen in my body and certain things I struggle with that every single time <laughs> I will find myself, it's usually three days before my period starts. And so it's like three days after that, I'm like, oh, oh, well, that's why I was like that, you know? And, and it just kind of hits me every time um, because I'm, I'm, I used to be really regular, but now I'm in this starting this perimenopausal state. And so it's like, my period is not always as regular as it was. It's actually coming more often. And so sometimes I'm like, it's hard for me to predict is what I'm trying to say. But I, sometimes I, I can look back at when I start and like look back three days and be like, oh yeah, no, that was an off day for sure. Um, and that's why. So we could always ask ourselves that, where am I in my cycle? Kind of as that same part of asking our, ourselves how our bodies are doing. All right. I wanted to give you something super practical. Again, we're talking about big, heavy issues this month with mental health month, but these are things you can do in the moment to help yourself stay in control, stay calm, help yourself be as, as strong as you can emotionally to show up for your people and for yourself and for God in a way that honors him. All right. Take care, friend. I'll see you back here next week for our episode. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining me today for The Christian Mindset Coach. If you loved today's show, would you take two seconds and share a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? I've got a special gift for you when you share a review, my amazing 50 I Am Declarations, 50 statements and Bible verses about who you are in Christ. This is an audio meditation and a written statement that is extremely popular with my clients, and I want to give you access just for sharing your Apple Podcast review. Simply screenshot your review and send it to hello at vibrantchristianliving.com, and we'll send you the link to access the 50 I Am Declarations resource. Thanks so much for sharing your rating and review so that we can get the word out about the podcast. See you back here next week.